Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Millennials Anonymous Podcast. It is Lise Winnie here. Yes, I am Lise and I am a millennial. So we've got to get the things pop locking and dropping and talking. And again, there's been a lot of things going on. Like I don't think anything has slowed down at all. Uh, it's been a little while since I did, I guess, a recording, so I don't know if I got a chance to, well, no, I guess we did sort of talk about it, but more things have happened, so we're going to talk a little bit about Joshua Brown and the fact that he has been murdered, so we'll talk a little bit about that, and then we talked about something on Millennials Anonymous podcast this morning, and if you haven't had a chance, tune in, go on Facebook and watch it, and that's just Millennials Anonymous podcast on Facebook, watch the new episode, we talked about why millennial sex sucks now, and I don't even think it's just millennial sex, I think it's just sex in general, so we're going to talk a little bit about that on the audio version, and then we are going to talk just a little, just a little bit, just a little bit about what's going on in the White House, baby. Oh my gosh, there's just so much going on over there. So before I do that, I do want to just let you guys know. So Brunching with Edega and Lise is going to be coming on on Friday on Charm City Direct TV. You can watch it on YouTube and Facebook and Millennials Anonymous Podcast. So you can also watch Millennials Anonymous Podcast on Facebook and YouTube as well. And then I want you guys to know that we got some things coming up, some live shows, some live events, some some stuff. So you just be looking out because things are about to like pop off, like pop, lock and drop. And we just about to see all the things happen and start to get into getting. So let me move right into it. Oh, yes. And we're going to talk briefly about the Redskins coach getting fired. We're just going to talk briefly, briefly about that as well. But let's move on to the first topic we're going to talk about today and that is Joshua Brown for those of you that don't know who Joshua Brown is he actually testified against Amber Geiger who was the officer in Dallas that shot Bothman John uh in his I believe he's from the Caribbean so I believe it's spelled Jean but it's pronounced John and she shot him in his apartment. He was unarmed. He was in his pajamas. He was eating ice cream on his sofa. She was found guilty. She only got 10 years, which was 18 years less than what the prosecution actually wanted her to do. In that trial, not only did the brother of both Jean or Jean, excuse me, hug officer or former officer Amber Geiger, so did the judge. And she prayed with her and she gave her a Bible. Okay, so I talked about this on Millennials Anonymous podcast. You know how I feel about this. I don't think it was appropriate. I think that the judge was out of line. There is no way she can justify it, although she's making her rounds on the news now, kind of talking about how she felt sorry for Amber and she was just a delicate, fragile state and she wanted to hug her and, you know, those types of things. And I just, from what she was saying, I don't think she quite understands what it means to be a judge. So to be a judge, you have to be impartial. You have to be neutral. When I saw that immediately, what I thought is that she was definitely partial and not neutral. She should not have hugged the Jean family. She, or at least not hugged them on camera. And she should not have ever hugged the defendant who was just convicted of murder, especially if this is not something that she does. If you're not going to hug everybody, you should hug no one. So that's just something to to think about judges out there. She is an elected official, so I'm pretty sure she will not get reelected. And I think she's up for election in 2020. So I don't I don't think she will be reelected, but 
she has a lifetime it looks like a, a lot of years in the legal you know she was a, a lawyer and all of that stuff so maybe she'll go back to do that I don't know but anyway uh moving on from that so Joshua Brown was the key witness he was the star witness he was uh, the witness that actually was the only person I think in the hallway that actually heard what transpired uh like before after and during the actual shooting he was the one that said that she didn't say any commands although Amber Geiger said that she had said commands she had said no commands so she just simply went in his apartment saw him made a snap judgment and killed him okay and he himself was very reluctant to testify because he himself was was kind of dealing with him some things on his own and he was afraid because he has been shot he got shot outside of a nightclub in November 2018 he had just witnessed this murder or heard this murder in 2018 September of 2018 so not even like two or three months apart he's had two gun violence things happen to him in a very short period of time he had to testify in both of those hearings and trials and so it's a lot on him so he was kind of he was afraid for his life he's told his family he was afraid for his life and he didn't want to testify. The only reason why he did testify is because he was subpoenaed to testify. So he didn't have a choice but to testify. So there's a lot of things that are going on. There's a lot of things that are happening right now that really don't make sense. Especially since he got shot like 10 days after the start of the trial. So a lot of people have already made the connection that it is somehow connected to Amber Geiger some people are already saying that they think it was the Dallas Police Department they were upset that he testified they are saying that the Jean or Jean family was going to be filing a civil suit and that they didn't want I guess her them to win so that's what happened and they they came after uh Mr. Brown and they shot him now according to the family and the family's attorney who's been speaking for the family, Mr. Brown or Joshua Brown, you know, he was a football star. He went to, I think, a college in, in Florida and he had moved to Dallas in 2008. He went to school in like 2012, 2013, playing on the team, came back to Dallas, the Dallas area. And he had been fearing for his life. And every day he was feared for his life. He said that he was still worried that the person that tried to kill him the first time would try to come back. And getting this type of publicity and he notoriety or, or not notoriety, but attention would bring this person back around to finish the job. And so he had lived in fear. He had kind of kept a low profile because he didn't want that attention. He didn't want anyone to know where he was. And so this was something that had been on his mind. There's also a rumor going around that this he was shot in the mouth and then the chest, which is also false. That is not true. According to the Dallas PD, he is not shot in his head. And this is something that can be easily proven because the family will know whether or not he can have an open casket. So if he can't have an open casket, then you know that he was shot in the face. So this is something that's easily disproven. So now the attorney who originally said that came back and said that that wasn't true and that he actually was shot potentially in the side in the buttocks. The Dallas PD has not confirmed where he was shot. They just said that he was not shot in his face. So here's my thing. The chances of this not being correlated or connected together is slim to none. 
Now, I don't know if the correlation is because someone saw him on television because he got shot in Dallas last year. They saw him on television and they came after him because they saw him where he also got shot is also in contention. Some people say he got shot in his own building, Crockin Garage. Some people say that he didn't. There were people that administered aid to him on the scene. And that's another reason why I really do believe that he got shot in the buttocks and the side because there were people that were there. So my thing is this, that, like I said, the connection, hard to miss. Whether or not it was the police department, I don't know. To me, if you are going to make that assumption that it was the police department, I think you have a lot more questions to answer about if this is something that you think the police department was going to do, why would they do it after the uh, initial trial and not before? Because the civil case is a little easier to prove than the criminal case. And most people who win a criminal case will win the civil case. So that's why I don't understand why people are saying that they wanted to stop him. That's That makes no sense because the, she was already convicted of murder and they said that she acted unreasonably. You know, if they're going to sue, I guess the police department, which I, I don't know if they can do that or not because she technically wasn't at work so I, I don't know if they're suing the police department uh or not but and I haven't heard or seen any things that say that but even if that were true it would make no sense because the chances of them actually winning a lawsuit is very high after she was convicted so if they were going to do that wouldn't it have been done prior to this that that's one and then two, why would the police department who investigate these murders be so sloppy? Like this, it's so close together where you could not miss the connection. I don't know. Maybe that's the genius in it. Maybe you can argue that that's why they did it that way. I, I don't know. But to me, it's just some things that don't make sense. I think it's just sad for both men involved, young men involved, the families involved, that this is happening and that people have to go through this. So to me, it's just sad all around. And I wouldn't just continue the speculations. I think they should have a third party just to ease tensions in the community and to kind of, you know, have people more trust what's going on, have a third party investigator come in or another department come in and take over this case and do the work of what actually happened. That's what I think. And then if they do that, let's wait and see what the results are. Now, moving on with that. And before I move on, rest in peace to Joshua Brown and to both men, Gene. And my condolences and goes out to both families involved. It's very, very sad, very young men. And this just should not be be happening in today's society. Another thing that we're going to talk about today, or I mentioned, is why millennials sex sucks today. I was reading an article, it was in the New York Post, about why millennial sex sucks. And a lot of it, after reading the article, had to do a lot with social media, a lot with the internet, and most importantly, porn. So basically, in long story short, they're saying that porn is ruining relationships for your young people. Except for they're saying that Generation Z is, I guess, better connected. They don't look for porn quite as much. But I guess they got other things to do. They're more connected to the video games and I don't know whatever I don't think it's getting better I don't think millennials are worse at being on their phone that's just my personal opinion that's my personal opinion maybe I'm just a little biased 
but that's just my personal opinion. But anyway, so do I think it's true that porn is ruining relationships among millennials? I don't know, but I will say that I definitely think that technology is, if not changing, it could be damaging it. Uh, You have all this access to technology all the time. You're going to have unrealistic expectations of things. Another thing that they were saying that men were dissatisfied, not only because of the amount of graphic images that they're consuming, but because the women in real life don't look like the women on television or Instagram or in the porn. And so they see women as being less attractive in real life. And that's another thing that we kind of have to grapple with as, as young people, because we don't see real people anymore. The people that we see on television are all made up. You see people that have had 50,000 plastic surgeries. Everybody got on Spanx. Everybody got on a corset. You know, everybody's kind of covering up something or adding extra to. So there's no real people anymore. So, yes, I could see why if you're looking at this and saying, well, you don't look like that. And especially if you're grown up like this. So if you're the type of person that has always had access to this stuff, you're going to have an unrealistic expectation of what a real woman's body might look like. You may not get to see somebody that has 50 pack abs like JLo like that. I'm not saying she's did anything or didn't had any work done. That's not what I'm saying. But the chances of you seeing somebody that is looks like that on a day to day basis that has a full time job is slim to none because that is her job. Her job is to look good and to exercise and to eat right. If that was your job, you would look good, too. Just saying. But I could see that now and in a lot of the porn I think nowadays is super rapey it's really you know graphic it's getting stranger by the day and it's because we've we've consumed so many graphic images growing up being millennials that we were the first generation that had multiple computers in our in our home or or we had access to computers that could get on the internet the other generations didn't have that. So a lot of us have only grown up knowing that the internet existed. Some of us don't even know what the world was like before the internet came to be. So imagine growing up being able to see these graphic images all the time. You know, your parents got a magazine in the house or whatever. You you When cable came around, they kind of gave you the channel, but they didn't. It was kind of grainy. So if you sat there hard enough squinting, you could see some images So we were growing up doing stuff like that. And those are the things that I think is detrimental once you've started watching these graphic images. In order to keep getting your thrills, they got to get more and more graphic. And that is what has become. And that's why we see what we see today. So yeah, I guess you can't live up to that. Because a lot of the stuff that you see is just kind of bizarre. And and you wouldn't want, I know some of the stuff that I didn't see I wouldn't want to do it. I'm just saying. So, and they were saying also Tinder, the rise of Tinder has caused the rise of sexually transmitted infections. So they have gone up. So that's another thing. I'm like, one of those two things can't be true. Either we're not having sex with each other or we're having sex with each other. We can't be giving each other syphilis and chlamydia if we're not having sex at all. So somebody's lying and we need to figure this out. I feel like sometimes... People do like to get down on millennials. I, I feel like we get picked on. We the, we are the generation for some reason that everyone kind of picks on. But we're not, you know, the the generation that is the worst. But we get picked on. Do I think relationships are different and sex is different for us? Yeah. Do we have more to live up to than our parents did? Yeah. Because, I mean, what they had missionary, doggy, 
you know, Navy girl on top, but we have all this extra stuff that we've got to see and deal with. And then you get somebody say, oh, you want to come do this? And, you know, put this in your butt or whatever. So it's gotten to a point where things have gotten out of control. So I'm going to need y'all to stop. No more gerbils and plugs and all. Let's just move on. It's just different. That's what I'm going to say. I'm not going to say it sucks. I'm going to say it's different. It's just different. That, that's it. That's what I'm going to go with that. We, we just <laughs> move past it. So let's talk about, speaking of, of things going on. Mm, speaking about shit. Let's talk about what's going on over there in that White House, baby. So we got a lot of things going on. And if you haven't been watching, things have been happening and transpired. Like, I'm not going to say transpiring because that probably has been things transpiring behind closed doors. But things have been unfolding by the day. So ever since we learned of this call that took place in June, I think it was June, or maybe July, from President Donald Trump and the president of Ukraine about him asking for a favor in exchange for him digging up dirt on his political rivals, we've been getting information every day. He's also said this out in the open about China to start to look into the emails or not emails. I'm saying I'm thinking about Hillary Clinton to look into Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden because he said that what Joe Biden did there was worse than he even did in Ukraine. And he's trying to fight corruption and run the same types of corruption at the same time. Those two things don't make sense to me, but whatever. And so that's going on. And then now we see, we got two whistleblowers now. We had the first whistleblower, secondhand knowledge. Second whistleblower, firsthand knowledge. And they're coming out and it looks like they're going through the proper channel. So it's not a lot that the Republicans can say. Now, we know that overnight, President Donald J. Trump, after a phone call with the president of Turkey, is he president? Mickey's president, prime minister, president of Turkey, pulled our troops who were helping out in northern Syria for the Kurds, our allies, and now pulled our military aid, military troops out, leaving them defenseless. So they feel like they've had the rug pulled from under them. And they feel kind of, you know, backstabbed, they said. They actually did say backstabbed. Betrayed. And Donald Trump, well, President Donald Trump, spoke to absolutely no one. So no one in the military knew. No one in his administration knew. This was just something he kind of did on the whim. Now, would I be shocked if Turkey is going to somehow magically give him some information on Joe Biden? Absolutely not. Like, I can, it just sounds about right. And then it also sounds that he will come out and say that that's not bad. That's what you're supposed to do. Like Mike Pompeo said, our Secretary of State, he said that you're supposed to help each other out like that. Foreign governments are supposed to do stuff like that, like give each other dirt on other people and all that type of stuff. So it's just normal. 
I will be so glad to get a normal president. I, I really can't wait. Whether it's through impeachment or whether it's through voting, I don't really care how it's done. I'm tired of watching CNN and MSNBC and local news like it's a daggone thriller film. I'm tired of being in a suspense movie. I don't want it to be like we watching something that came from 21st Century Fox or what Warner Brothers Studios. I need him to go. Like, I, I want to go back to normalcy. Just standard practice. Just standard news. Like, boring news. You know when the Fox News hated Barack, the President Barack Obama? The only thing they talked about was, like, his tan suit and his selfie stick. Like, let's go back to when that was a, that was a scandal. I mean, it wasn't a scandal for us liberals, but over there with y'all. You know, y'all thought that was a scandal. Now we just got real scandals. I I, I don't want to see it no more. This, uh, this Shonda Rhimes is not, should not be, feel like Shonda Rhimes is writing this every day. You know what I mean? Like, this could be like a Shonda Rhimes show. And I don't like it. So, I please... If we don't impeach him, we gotta get out and vote. He gotta go. It's got he's got to go. This is too much. This is too much. Cause now, you know, he the because he moved those troops, we could have the, a surge in ISIS, and then you know ISIS is gonna that's not a good thing. So we need to get he need to go. He's got to go. And now other countries can blackmail us because they know that he does things for favors and stuff. We got to go. He got to go. He got to go. He's got to go. This is, uh, no, can't deal with it. Uh, It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. But speaking of somebody that had to go, we have the Redskins coach who had to go and he got fired, Mm -hmm. but he got fired in the most petty way possible so he got fired at five in the flipping morning after the Redskins have gone 0 and 5 and there was a video that came out of him smoking weed I believe in DC which is legal in DC recreational weed is legal smoking weed with young girls okay so he's got fired. Now I will say this: the Redskins ain't been good since about the '90s. At the 1990s, I haven't seen. You know, they used to win back in the day. Now I've not. I don't remember have them ever having a good year. Like I, it's been a while. It's been a while. So I, I would say, yeah, he he probably needed to go because you know the 0 and five. But to fire the man in the morning in the middle of the season is a lot. And then they had like players like crying and everything is is really petty. But I will say that they were saying that it was something about his work ethic, and that's why they fired him because they were saying he has zero work ethic. And I guess when the owner saw him out there late at night, you know they losing every week, and then he sees him out there smoking weed and hanging out with some young girls. He was like, uh uh-uh. uh, <clears throat> mm 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 mm. You got to go, baby. You got to go. I can't even defend this. I can't even. So you got to go. So I'm just saying, I agree with y'all. But at the same time, what I will say is that if you're going to fire somebody, don't fire them at five in the morning. That's just petty. Let them sleep first. Because now if he got fired at five in the morning, now you got to be up all day. That's mean. Just wait till later 
I'm not saying no five people in the afternoon. I hate that too. If you're going to find somebody, just find them in the daytime. Like, you know, or I don't know, maybe the five in the morning thing. No, that was petty, but they could have called him like before he got there and say, hey, yo, you know, we going to fire you. So save your gas because you're going to need some money. That would have been nice. They could have did that. You know, that would have been cool. But he gone and I think he should be gone. That's just my opinion on that. But if you're going to fire somebody, employers, don't do it at five in the morning. But this has been another episode of Millennials Anonymous Podcast. If you have some topics you think we should be talking about and we're not, I'm going to need you to reach out to us and you can send an email at lisa at leaswinnie.com. You can also check out our website, which is millennials.us with a Z, millennials with a Z, dot U-S, and check out our website. We have upcoming events, upcoming videos, upcoming shows. If you want to know what's going on, you need to look on that website. And we also need you to like and subscribe and follow us on Facebook. So all of that jazz is coming, pop locking, and dropping. And I know you're going to love it because you love us. And we appreciate you for listening and for watching. So again, this has been another episode of Millennials Anonymous Podcast. Thank you so much and have a great week. Bye.